The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm so excited to have everyone and thank you for joining us. But let me tell you, I'm more excited to have our guest on today. He's a co-founder and chief development officer of FTW Investments, LLC, Mr. Logan Freeman. Logan, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? Man, energized, thriving, and ready to roll today, man. I'm feeling really good. Awesome. Well, hey, I know y'all got a lot going on. You're, you're super busy. So we really appreciate you jumping on. And, and I know you're going to bring some some awesome stuff for us today. So we really do appreciate it. For those that are maybe hearing your name or, or voice for the first time, I, I know you, you've made the rounds in a lot of the uh, this podcast sphere, so hopefully not. But if they are, would love to get your origin story, where you're from, what got you into real estate, and what you're kind of doing these days from a real estate perspective. Yeah, well, happy to do it. And thank you for, for having me and, and appreciate the opportunity to talk with your platform. So, you know, frankly, I'm a Midwestern boy, grew up in the capital of Missouri. So that's Jefferson City. So not a lot of folks know that, you know, and you got two big cities and in Missouri, you got KC on the west side and St. Louis on the east side. And you got this little city in the middle, 50,000 people. That's Jefferson City. And, um, you know, I always characterize Jefferson City as a nice place to grow up. And uh, I had a great upbringing. I had a great school and, and I had everything I needed. Um, however, when I started to learn and, and read uh, I read a book by Carol Dweck called Mindset, and that book basically distinguished between uh, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And fixed mindset basically says, hey, this is the way it's been uh, my whole life, and uh, this is the way it's going to continue to be. And the growth mindset said, you know, if I delay some gratification and and do some hard things, and uh, it, my world can change. And and so, man, that was a perspective shift for me that um, I had to kind of let go and an identity that I had to kind of push away. And so uh, that happened, you know, by going to college and meeting people from all across the country and coming up here to Kansas City and going to some bigger cities. And, and uh, you know, my, my perspective was changed. And so I identified all the way through high school and, and college as an athlete. I was a football player and I had the opportunity. I was uh, ESPN first. I was ESPN all academic, all American. Then I was an all American on the football field. But I had the opportunity to be picked up as an undrafted free agent uh, after my fifth year in, in college, which uh, allowed me to go and, and, and try out for the Oakland Raiders and ultimately being cut and having a big kind of next decision for myself. And, and that decision was this, like I had the opportunity to stick it out because it was, uh, you know, pretty late in the, the cuts. You know, if you watch hard knocks, I mean, um, I'll give an example here in a second, but I, I probably could have made another team. Um, but, you know, I told you this before, when, when your dream becomes a job, it, 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 you lose your passion. And I was just burnt out, you know, and, and uh, I wasn't having fun at it. And so I said, no more, I'm done. And the moment I did that, the universe said, hey, ring, 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 San Francisco 49ers, our center just broke his ankle. Uh, we need you to come out to camp. Where are you and what do you weigh? And I was in Las Vegas with a family friend, just having a relaxing time, not a crazy big Vegas trip. Um, it was four weeks after I had been cut. Uh, I was 335 pounds at the NFL combine. I was 270 uh, pounds four weeks later. Uh, 270 probably sounds still pretty pretty big, but I'm 270 right now, and I'm not big enough to play, uh, you know, offensive line. And so um, they said, "Well, thank you for letting us know we were getting ready to fly you out." And I said, "That's okay. You know, I'm I'm moving. I'm going back to 
going back to school and, and opening up a new chapter in my life. So I went back and finished my master's degree. And in a matter of six months, I took a job um, driving an hour uh, one way to this job, making 265 cold calls, driving an hour back and then going to school for four hours in the evening and then 12 hours uh, at the, the library every single morning. Uh, sorry, every single Saturday, just, just catching back up. I'd wake up at 3.30 and I'd work on my body and my mind and I lost 100 pounds in six months. Uh, but the bigger shift actually came with uh, my mind, which I call the classroom on wheels. So that hour there, an hour back every single day, I was listening to uh, the Godfathers, Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, uh, Tony Robbins, you name it, podcasts, if you guys remember, uh, John Lee Dumas with the Entrepreneur on Fire and, and Lewis Howes, the School of Greatness. And, and uh, man, my, my, my whole perspective was changed. And so I moved to Kansas City. Um, right when I was getting ready to move to Kansas City, though, I I uh, had another big kind of uh, life event happen, and I lost my father to drugs and alcohol abuse. And, um, you know, he lost his battle with that addiction. So if you can imagine, NFL player, cut, lost 100 pounds, you know, uh, identity, no longer an athlete, trying to figure out who he is, and he loses his dad. You know, I was kind of just out there wading in the water a little bit. And, you know, like Charlie Munger says, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked, and I, I don't like to swim naked. Um, so <laughs> I made sure that I was putting my foundation in place. and. Um, literally, thank God, um, I dove back into my faith and I had some good mentors that really pushed me in the right direction and started to work on myself. But it was a big healing process, big change, and all of that stuff kind of happened within six months. I moved to Kansas City, was working a job, uh, hit a glass ceiling really quickly, decided to leave there, went to a startup company with two people, uh, was there for two and a half years and helped them grow, which was awesome. Met my wife, met my best man at my wedding, just a great experience being an entrepreneur, just out there hustling. Went to a larger company, 15 months later, got fired. And so uh, my wife had just started a brand new job. Uh, we had just bought a house. I got fired from a six figures uh, job and, and I'm out there kind of waiting again, right? And, and um, I had read 700 books up to this point. And, and I said, okay, no longer am I just going to talk about this stuff. It is time. This is my moment. And so I uh, started in the real estate space as the head of acquisitions for a $50 million fund uh, here in Kansas City. And I started my own sales consulting business. Uh, basically, basically, sales consulting meeting. I grabbed Inc.'s 5,000 fastest growing companies list. I called the first 2,000, landed three clients, paying me to do whatever they needed to do: cold calling, flying to their conferences, pitching their products, implementing CRM systems, training their salespeople. Uh, and I was running point on acquisitions for this fund as well. So I had two full-time jobs rolling. Uh, six months down the road, I had done close to 100 transactions in six months, and I also had these three clients. And my wife looked at me. She's very strategic. It's one of her top talents. She said, basically, hey, you need to focus. Like, I'm very proud of you. And, you know, kudos, pat me on the back first. You know, she knows how to, she knows how to stroke the ego, make me feel good. And I just said, but you need to focus. And so I did. I, I dissolved my consulting business and I decided to uh, basically go full-fledged into real estate. Sat down with the sponsors of that fund. Uh, and I said, hey, guys, where'd the money come from? Uh, and they said the word that changed my life. And this was the syndication world, the word, you know, and I started finding guys like Joe Fairless and, and, and other folks. And I started flying around the country, going to the real estate guys seminars. And I said, OK, this is what I want to do. So came back to Kansas City, started to figure out who's doing that in the space, started brokering uh, multifamily and commercial properties for 1031 exchange buyers out of state. Got 155 transactions under my belt before I ever bought my own first piece of real estate, bought two pieces of real estate myself. Uh, and that's where we're going to focus on our, I think, our, our conversation today. Uh, those were the two worst deals I've ever done. And uh, then I said, OK, I need a team. And so then I started to search out who I can uh, partner with here in, in, in Kansas City. Found a couple guys. 
did a couple deals first before we ever inked anything to make sure we were the right fit. And uh, two and a half years later, we've got 1,200 units uh, here in Kansas City. We've got a team of 11 people strong, adding a couple new folks, and uh, we're, we're positioned for for strong growth in the near future. So I'm very excited about where we're at, but that's kind of the journey. And I'll let you, you know, unpack any that you want to, but I'll I'll pause because I did a lot of talking there. Yeah, no, Logan, listen, we we love a good origin story. I, I think our guests, I, I don't know, maybe they're tired of hearing it. I love saying it, which is everyone brings a different background and, and uniqueness. And, and I love everyone's origin story because everyone comes in at a different time of their life, comes in at a different point in their career. Absolutely. But a, a lot of it is the same is that it doesn't matter where you come from. As long as you have the, the drive and the dedication and the effort to put into it and learn, you, you can be successful. Will you have missteps? That's what we're going to talk about today with you. And, and that's what we do here with our guests. Yes, you will. But if you still have that drive, dedication, willingness to learn and move forward, uh, you're going to be successful. So so I want to add something really quickly to that because um, I'm reading a book right now by Jesse Itzler, one of my favorite entrepreneurs. Uh, he's married to Sarah Blakely. He is unconventional all over the place. And I just love this guy because he's so opposite of me. Uh, I'm very dis- dis- disciplined and intentional and, and focused. And uh, in some ways he is as well. But he said this on the book today. I wrote this down. You are the business plan. If you marry your dreams with drive, urgency, passion, and a burning desire to finish what you start, you can do anything. And that just resonated with me. And I feel like that um, really, um, you know, uh, kind of highlights what you just said. So I just wanted to share that too. Yeah, no, I love that. Listen, that's a lot more elegant than I could ever put it. So that's why the, <laughs> that's why he has a book and I have a podcast. So, that's right. <laughs> One day. Yeah. You know, may, oh no, no writing skills. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll stick to the verbal skill set. That's what, that's what, that's what I'm good at. But, but Hey, so you, you mentioned in, in your origin story, the, the idea that you, you had these, your first two investments and you'd done a lot before then. Uh, but the, these two were the two worst investments. So unpack that a little bit. What, what made them the worst investments for you? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think I thought about this a lot. I've talked about this previously. Uh, and it becomes more clear every time I do talk about it. And, and it's the fact that I tried to do everything. And, you know, everything I had touched to that point had turned to gold. I had the Midas touch. I could not lose. I was on top of the world. But uh, I was getting into new asset classes. I was getting into mixed use. I was getting into retail, heavy construction. I mean, old buildings, all of it. You know, I had done uh, none of that before. And so, you know, what I learned from this thing was, and, and that's the first piece. The second piece was, you know, my actual business took off at the time that those business plans needed to be implemented. And I was also running point on all of the, the pieces to the puzzle. So, um, you know, you look for bottlenecks and you look for challenges and you see if you can remediate them, right? Well, unfortunately, I had ingrained myself so deeply in every aspect of those two acquisitions that I was the only one that could answer the questions and my time was being pulled. I, I was going at hundred miles an hour. I didn't have experience in all of the pieces. So I did not have team members and, and trusted advisors along the route with me that could control the process. And so I didn't delegate, I didn't delegate. And I've learned from Rory Vaden, uh, you know, his, his most recent book, I can't remember what it's called. It's a fantastic book, uh, Procrastinate on Purpose is what it's called. And it's eliminate, automate, and delegate. And delegation, as we have continued to grow, has been one of the most important things. So, for example, because I want to give a very tangible example, I bought a seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars commercial building in one of the hottest areas of time uh, in town, in the crossroads in Kansas City. 
And, you know, it was about 13,000 square feet or so. And it was completely vacant. And this building was built in 1890. And, you know, frankly, uh, it's a big brick building, but there was a lot of things that we uncovered in that uh, that were not in our budget. And so one, I did not pick a right contractor for the, the job. Two, I did not have the sufficient contingency budget that I needed to have to be able to complete the project. Three, I thought I could be the leasing manager, the project manager, the construction manager, and the real estate agent and the owner. And four, I, I did not uh, foresee um, having to hold the property longer because of delays, aka COVID-19 or delays with the city because we have to get a new water main put in on a boulevard, which we have to shut down, and that's going to cost X. And so there was so much that happened that if I would have just either partnered with somebody that had redeveloped a project of that nature, or I had spent the right amount of money up front to get the right people, you know, what I've learned in vendors is you get what you pay for a lot of the times. Sometimes you get burnt no matter what. There's a lot of high-end you know, contractors that will really just kind of bend you over. But at the end of the day, usually if you pick the right folks and you pay up for them, it's going to save you. It's the it's what Zig Ziglar used to call uh, the difference between cost and price, you know? And, and so the price is what you have to pay. The cost is what you've got to pay over the long haul. And so I learned that lesson very uh, difficultly. And um, that, was, that was probably the biggest learning lesson I had uh, on a project. My first one was not actually that bad. It was just a mixed use asset. I was in the wrong, um, I was in the wrong asset at the wrong time. I mean, COVID-19 for short-term rentals, Kansas City is not a destination. And so that kind of hurt us in regards to that. I, I have done pretty well on that first investment, but that second one, since I had the confidence of that first one was like, Hey, no matter what I can make it work. And then whenever I started getting busy, all the work was on me. And not only did I not have the knowledge and experience to do it, I didn't have the time to do it. And that, that's what costed me uh, $225,000 on that project. And I own zero of it now. So um, yeah, it's yeah, a pretty big. Wow. Lesson. Well, listen, I think that's one of the running themes that we hear is the idea of partnership. So if you, if you don't have the time or the expertise, that's when you should be bringing in a partner, whether it's with a joint venture or hiring somebody to help run that section that, I mean, we're hearing it again with you, Logan, that it's so vital that it can, that little bit of cost or equity that you're giving up in, in the property is worth 10x on the back end of being able to do it right. And to your point, it's not going to cost you that much more in the long term. You pay a price exactly. up front, but that cost over long run is negligible compared to what you would have paid for up front for that experience or knowledge. Yeah. And you know, I think the the piece that really sticks out to me is is that there are there were people, vendors, I didn't even have to give up a portion of the deal. There were vendors like uh, an owner's rep like uh, somebody that had done the project before um, that I could have uh, implemented. And the, the other piece that I, I learned was, you know, I had to remove myself. Um, and, and that's sometimes the, the pride, right? I mean, there's the pride piece of um, you are the problem. You are the bottleneck. You need to remove yourself to be able to get this going forward. And so um, I had to learn that the hard way as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to be the only person doing everything, right? I was listening. I want to say it was Ken McElroy's podcast not long ago. And he said the, the one of the most expensive uh, phrases that an entrepreneur can utter is I'll do it myself, right? And if you do all of it all yourself, then you're the only one can do it. And if you're needed in two places at once or 
you're unable to get to a, you know answer something in a particular time like it's going to cost you and you know having those assets available to you or or partners available to you is incredibly valuable in those instances and it allows you to walk away right that's what we're all chasing we don't want to be the only person doing everything we want to be able to take a vacation and maybe we need to answer a call or an email or two but we want to step away and that's what ultimately a successful business is if you can step away and it still operate at full capacity that's how you know you're running a successful business yeah, there's five commandments to business, and it's an acronym. I, I always joke I'm, I've got acronyms for everything because I've had so many concussions from football that I have to use them to remember. But it's since C-E-N-T-S, okay? So um, when you think about new vin- business ventures, they need to uh, hit on most of these better if all of these. And you have to be able to have control. There needs to be a high barrier of entry. You need to be, there needs to be a need for what you are developing or your widget. You have to be able to step away from your time. And it has to be able to be scalable. And when I look back to those the, that, that transaction that we're talking about, I almost violated every single one of those commandments. And, um, you know, frankly, you know, looking back, it, it, you know, I had read that book before, MJ DeMarco's uh, Millionaire Fastlane book, one of my favorite business books uh, for entrepreneurs. Um, you know, it was shame on me for, for still thinking that I could do it all. And, um, and so sometimes... You know, with hard-headed guys like myself and gals that are stubborn and have been successful at some things, and you do think you have the Midas touch, you know, frankly, um, it's hard to get through. And you have to be able to get knocked off your rocker a little bit and lose $225,000 before you say, oh, I should listen to that. You know, that is a lesson that I need to learn. Uh, and, and I have learned it. And, and the way that we built our business now is completely different. Um, and, and I'm very proud of that. But if I could just, you know, share that wisdom with some other folks, I'd still have $225,000 in my pocket and the project, you know, and, uh, you know, frankly, um, sometimes it takes that kind of lesson. But if you're hearing this right now and, and you think you can do it all, please, please, please find your sweet spot, which is the greatest intersection of your greater passion and your greatest strength and operate there because sustainability is what we're about, not trying to do it all. Perfect. Uh, Logan, I don't know if we can end on a better spot than that. So uh, listen, I, I truly appreciate you coming on board. It's been of a course. pleasure having you and the, the knowledge and experience you brought it is has been amazing. Uh, for those that are listening, they want to work with you. They want to connect with you. They want to invest with you. Sure. Uh, whatever it may be, where's the best place people can find you at? Well, super active on LinkedIn. So you can search Logan Freeman, look for the one that says Mr. Kansas City, and that's me. Um, but the other place is our website. You know, I, I'm really uh, adamant about putting out uh, high level content and content that is not cheap, takes a lot of time and uh, resources that have helped a lot of people uh, to the tune of about 880 investors now um, that have gone through different programs, free programs, by the way. I, I don't I don't have uh, anything paid on that side of things. I'm a real estate guy, not uh, uh, not an educator, but you can learn from those things on, on our website at ftwinvestmentsllc.com. And there's some great resources there, like an action plan that will, will help you walk through your, your thinking of your portfolio and really thinking about investing in real estate, not as, as if I should, but how much, because it really should be a, uh, a solid portion of people's portfolios. Uh, and I think that we're hearing that not only from investors, but from the SEC and from large, uh, large funds as well uh, that are moving into Kansas City and, and across the across the country into these types of assets. So that's the website, FTWinvestmentsllc.com. I think people will find some good resources over there. 
No, listen, I, I, I will second that. The website's beautiful. The content's great. So, so please go and sign up, take a look at it and, and get all the resources you can out of it. Logan, thank you again for joining us. It, it honestly has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been awesome getting to know you and, and talking shop before we hit record. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.